Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, Katie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much um, for being on the show and, you know, taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your journey, which I can't wait to dive in. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I really want to focus with first, like pivoting, because um, as entrepreneurs, And as you know, as an entrepreneur, there are many hills and valleys, right? And sometimes those hills and valleys say, hey, you need to jump off this train right now because it's not working. So just describe to the listeners today, like a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and where your career has taken you so far. Okay. So it really starts back in 2010. Um, I had just become a hygienist working in private practice, and I quickly found myself not feeling like I was fulfilling my purpose and wanting to jump into something that like burned a fire inside me and made me feel alive. So I decided to like head first, dive in and start a nonprofit without any idea about what I was doing. (laughs) Isn't that always fun? (laughs) So learning as I go, I ran that for five years and probably around year three, I said to myself, um, I really don't have the experience I need. I think I need to go back to school. And so I found myself with a bachelor's degree and then I was like, nope, still need more information going for my master's. And about halfway through my master's program, I realized I didn't want to do the nonprofit anymore. And I closed it before I even got to the course that I originally took the master's program for. (laughs) So I did like a complete 360. My husband was like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Um. So I ended up closing the nonprofit and deciding that when I had the, the networking and the tribe that I needed and all of the tools that I felt like I needed to be successful, that I would revisit this. And in the middle of all that is when I started going to like RDH Under One Roof and other conventions to really figure out what I was excited about, what I wanted to do with myself. And I fell in love with writing. And I started writing for publications and writing about hygiene is fine and fun, but it was still not fulfilling what I was looking for. And if anybody knows me, like public health is my passion as far as hygiene is related. So I decided to take everything that I had learned over the 10 years of my career, treating kids 
in a school system to write my first children's book, um, wanting to really serve a purpose as giving parents and families an outlet to tackle a fearful first experience head on in a book before the child was brought to whatever appointment they were going to. And that's kind of landed me where I am today. So lots of, lots of different tracks I took to get to where I am. Yes. I'm a clinician, educator, author, writer, and now author of a book, owner of a nonprofit. Let's backtrack a little bit though, because, you know, one of the hardest things with entrepreneurship is like fully knowing when you need to pivot and when you need to call it quit. Right. And there's a podcast I just started listening to this week called Switch, Pivot, or Quit. Okay. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why those words are in my head right now. So shout out to um, that podcast host. So like when you you had the nonprofit and you had it for five years, what was your mindset like? How did you overcome some of the negative emotions that may have come up? with having to make that decision to to end it because most people struggle with making changes in business with making changes in their career because they often feel like a failure or they feel like you know what's everybody else going to think you know once i once i make this decision especially it's a very public you know people are aware that you own x y and z and stuff like that so it was uh it was a failure for me um, I think more than it was on other people. Um, like the nonprofit did make a difference in a lot of children's lives, which at the end of the day was the point of me making that nonprofit. So it did serve a purpose. Um, but for me, I wanted to be like way up here and I was still like grassroots trying to figure out how to get close to that ladder. And, um, you know, one day I was talking to my husband and I was like, I'm at my wits end. I don't know what else I can do with where I am right now in my career. And I don't know how I can go up this hill that I was on. And, um, I said, I think I need to take a different direction. And my husband was like, well, what do you need to do to feel better about it. And through our conversation, it was that I needed to further my education and go back to school. So that was my pivoting point. But at the end of the day, I think that going through that whole entire experience of owning a nonprofit, figuring out how the IRS works and figuring out how, what paper and forms and all of these things that I had to adhere to, taught me so much and set me in the right direction for the business and the entrepreneurship that I have now. And so I'm very thankful for that experience, but I did struggle for a while with the fact that I felt like I failed myself and like the important people in my life, I felt like I had let them down because in that point in my nonprofit, the only people who were supporting me where my family and my close friends. I didn't have this like huge tribe of hygienists and dentists and dental assistants. Like my whole entire social events were filled with my family, my friend's family, <laughs> you know, like 
basically we're just having a huge party. <laughs> That's how it <laughs> is at the money. beginning, though, right? <laughs> so, you know, they had invested a lot of money into my path because it said, you know, I want to do this, I'm going to do this. And I felt like that was probably the hardest thing that I had to handle was telling them that I had changed my mind. Um, and that they had invested all of this time and energy and making gift baskets and, you know, doing all this hard work for me. And so that was the hardest for me to like sit down with them and say, look, I, I, it's not working for me. It's not fulfilling the purpose that I thought it was going to, and I need to switch gears. And almost all of them were very supportive of the fact that I wasn't necessarily giving up. I was just trying to go at it at a different angle. And I think that is the most important part. Like everything that we do, even if it's not an entrepreneurial path, everything that you do in life is to get you ready for the next thing that you're going to actually come in contact with. It sets you up to be able to be strong enough to handle what comes next. And I think that is what that experience was for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a hard place, you know, to get through. I mean, most people kind of mull over it or they try to make it work because they have like this undying loyalty to whatever their first passion project turned business was. But there are times where we have to like follow our gut and knowing that, hey, this isn't working. And a lot of entrepreneurs, what people don't realize is that with entrepreneurship, they are, they're going to be, here's a big thing. It's not like we are, our skills are massively better than anyone else's. Is that we're willing to take risks and we understand that a lot of those risks will get a lot of no's or a lot of things that will not work out, but we keep pushing through it. And that's the mentality you need, you know, even when it's hard. And I feel, I feel like when I decided to close it, I wrote a huge research piece on all of, you know, the evidence-based stuff that I had encountered and submitted all of that for an award. Um, the inter international dental hygiene federation, I had submitted for like the world's hygienist award with that paper. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course I didn't get it, but going through that experience and writing it all down on paper and finalizing that, that chapter and closing that for me ended up <laughs> opening a second door of people saying, oh my God, I just read about your nonprofit in the in a magazine. How can I get involved? And I'm like, why did I not <laughs> do that sooner? Yes. I was like, actually, it's closed, you know, and I had to go through all of that to all these people yeah. who were like inspired by what I had written. And um, I think that was when I really first started to realize that I enjoyed writing and motivating and inspiring people through my through my words. And, you know, um, it was a funny thing that it happened that way. But at the same time, I was kicking myself because if I had just let go of some of that shame that I was feeling and reached out to the community and networked a little bit more about what I was doing, Mm -hmm. I probably would have had a different outcome. What kind of lessons did you learn from that that has helped you now in in your new business venture? The first and foremost thing is that you can't do it alone. 
um, you need a team. You need people who um, are going to support you and, you know, pick you up when you're down. And you can't be afraid to have those vulnerability posts um, or conversations with people because, you know, I'm nowhere near perfect. And everything that I have experienced um, has me, made me realize just how not perfect I am, um, but has also created um, me to be able to be okay with that and to figure out that I'm really good at this, but I might not be good at all at this. So all the energy I was putting into figuring this out was taking away from my strongest point over here. And so delegating and being okay with somebody else being in control of something that they're better at than you are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. You went from, you know, having a nonprofit and now you make the most adorable books and characters I've seen based on, I mean, I see him in the background right there. There's a whole bunch of Roxy's back there. This is my office. <laughs> in my shipping room. <laughs> I love it. So like, when did you say, all right, I'm ready to make that move again? Like, did you deal with any mindset issues? Like right before you made that move, like, I'm going to start Poor Media, LLC. I'm going to, you know, write my, write this book. Like, what was that process like? Because I think, you know, the listeners of this podcast are going to be entrepreneurial women who are in the merging beginning stages or many who have those passions like you have and that are like trying to figure out like, what do I do? Like this podcast is meant to serve as a, um, as a support for those type of women. And I mean, it's incredible how you've gone from two different, almost two different industries. It is two different industries. I mean, you're still talking about dentistry, but it's two different forms or products that are offered, you know, for people. Yeah. So I think the two points that I really want to drive home is if you are lucky enough to find a passion and a purpose in your life, you should do everything in your power to make that a reality. So if it's just simply getting out of your own way, then you need to do that. Um, and just dive in, uh, Honestly, I would say that if I knew how much went into publishing a book, I probably wouldn't have done it. So I almost think that it's better that you're just like, I'm doing this and, you know, head first, diving in and yeah. being committed. But yeah, I think for me, um, and you've known me a little bit, that when I set my mind on a decision, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. And after I lost Roxy, I didn't know what to do with myself and um, me and my husband were kind of at a loss and we wanted to have kids and we found out we couldn't have kids and I struggled emotionally with that and I felt like I didn't have a purpose anymore. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself to make me feel that I was making a difference in any child's life. Um, and that's when I decided that I was going to create the series and use my knowledge and everything that I had built myself to be um, to try to put it into something that meant a lot to me that I felt like could make a difference. So 
I created Polymentary. Um, and let me tell you the ride that I have been on <laughs> over the last year and a half. Oh, boy. So you, whether you get there from an emotional experience or a feeling of readiness or you honestly don't know how you want to get there, but you know you want to do it, like people go their whole life never feeling that way. So amen. If you feel it, go for it. Yes, that's so so true. Um, so for it, for those listeners who are interested in you know writing their own book, like for me, I actually am exploring again, once again, finishing this book <laughs> that <laughs> I have a whole outline, Katie. I have like oh, all the information I want to put in, like how it's going to be. I wrote down like little excerpts and stuff like that. It is collecting dust. And I just, it's a, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to set that time to do that. And I, I'm scared, you know, I'm scared to move forward. And I know like what message I want to get out there, but I have to be honest, I deal with fear when it comes to that. So what was like some of the first steps that you took in order to get this off the ground? Well, before I even go there, girl, you need to get it done <laughs> and just do it. <laughs> It's been a whole year. When I looked at the last time I looked at that outline, it was May 2019. So almost a year, mm. almost a year. It hasn't quite been a year, but um, yeah, I was just thinking about it recently. Um, so when yeah. I decided like that I was going to do this, the first thing I did was find an illustrator that I was in love with um, for my children's books to make sure that I could find somebody who was going to do what I was looking for. Um, like do it justice. I wanted it to be exactly what I envisioned it. And if I couldn't find that, I wasn't going to move forward with it until I found it. So for me, that was the first step. But after I had found my illustrator, I then started looking into, do I want to self-publish? Do I want to go a traditional publisher route? Um, do I need to start a business? How am I going to protect myself, my family? Um, you know, what goes into becoming an author. Um, And a lot of it is branding yourself with how you want people to perceive you as a business and a person. But it also is about being able to compile everything that you want into one home that you are going to be happy fulfilling all of those things. So for me, I ended, I started off as a children's author. I also write romance books and I teach courses and I, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I now have like this pyramid of stuff that's all underneath 12 paws publishing. And so that should be where you put a lot of your effort. Like how, what kind of logo and business name and image do you want surrounding any facet of your entrepreneurial business that you're going to be doing? Um, and that took a lot of time. Wow. That is incredible. And so would you say like, how do you feel about self-publishing versus someone trying to go out and having it published with, you know, a, a company? The great thing about becoming an author is that just because you decide to start as a self-published author doesn't mean you could never be traditionally published. 
So if you are like, I want to get this book out there and I want to do it now. Um, and it's ready to go and it's been edited and it's formatted and you have a cover and you just want to put it out there, then you can do that as a self-published author. And while it's out there and you're marketing yourself, you could still be sending query letters to publishing houses or agents to pick up your book. So I started as a self-published author and um, about three months ago, I picked up, I got picked up by a publishing house for my children's series. Wonderful. Thank you. And it was like, you know, jumping through the kitchen, like, oh my God, you know, this is like the 9,000th letter I've sent. <laughs> I'm teasing you. <laughs> my, husband, my husband's always like, I'm not even going to ask anymore what you're doing. <laughs> Just whatever. When you're calm, tell me what's going on. So, um, and it was like a really great tr- transition for me because the publishing house that I got picked up for focuses on creating books for dyslexic um, people who suffer from dyslexia. So wow, it like really felt like fell into like me wanting to do something that was educational and you know great for the community. So it worked out to be a great fit. Um, but there's just because you start off doing something one way doesn't mean that you can't pivot to do something in a different direction when that opportunity comes towards you. So don't let that hold you back and don't let that one decision, like don't sit on it too long because there's no, I'm stuck here or I'm stuck here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you look at her series and we'll share how you can contact her at the end, but if you look at it, it's so beautifully done. It really, really is. Thank you. Really, really nicely done. And um, to see the progress, like I didn't even know what was going on. So listeners, Katie and I were friends before, like when we were like, we, we children, no, <laughs> not children. Like, hey, what do you do? I don't know. Hey, what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> we weren't children, so to speak, but we weren't even thinking about like really branching off and doing the things we were doing. Like we were really like at the very beginning stages of kind of like, uh, not even the tip of the iceberg. We were, we were scrounging down at the bottom, just trying to get our bearings. Um, you may have had more stuff going on though. I wasn't even thinking about entrepreneurship. You may have had that, um, your nonprofit at that time. Yeah, I had it. But I, I was like, I didn't know what I was going to be doing. You know, when I had that nonprofit, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur, which mm. baffles me now, but that's part of your growth. And like I had to have such a huge mind shift or mindset shift that like I just didn't have enough. Um, I don't even know the word I want to use, but I didn't believe in myself enough to even consider myself that at that point. And when you, I think there is necessary though, to be in that place because not accepting that you're an entrepreneur or that you are the sole person responsible for the growth of your business or company could be very detrimental to you. Um, Cause I feel like if you can't really step into you, like I say this often, you can't step into your greatness and what makes you who you are or the strengths that you own, that you have, then you won't be able to leverage that. Like you won't be able to utilize it to its full potential if you don't understand fully what it is that you do bring. I mean, it 
took a lot of like soul searching and me writing down goals that I had across them off lists or deciding, nope, that's not a goal of mine anymore. Or, you know, making smaller goals to obtain a bigger goal um, and really pushing my envelope to get to me figuring out what I wanted my purpose to be. Um, and I think that's an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of women, especially. Um, like the way that society is and um, how strong of a female character that we are now all coming out and being um, is something that's really scary to step into because most of the time we're worried if we're qualified enough, if we're strong enough to handle the blows that are going to come back at you or, you know, the failures. And um, when I do give my motivational talks in the community settings, a lot of the times I find myself repeating the same thing. You are stronger than you believe. And if you just looked around, there's somebody who's staring up at you, wishing they were as strong as you were. So, you know, being able to reflect and see like how amazing you are as a person and what your potentials are, I think is the first step for you really believing in yourself and, and feeling like you can do this. Absolutely. It's the biggest hurdle. It's like you have to believe that what it is that you have in your heart or what is it that you've been ordained or um, chosen as your purpose to give to this world. We all desire to make an impact. But if you don't believe that what it is that you desire could or what gifts you've been given that were meant to really help and impact others, if you don't believe that then, you know, you're going to be miserable. <laughs> like most people, like there are many people that go, um, Les Brown is one of my favorite motivational speakers. He talks about the richest place on the earth. The richest place on earth is a graveyard because so many people, they um, have these dreams, they have these goals, they have these books like me. They have these, you know, um, things that they, desires and all this stuff. And they, it dies with them because they did not, pursue their goals overwhel because of overwhelm or fear or self-doubt. And that's the first hurdle. Like I can't tell you how many times I've talked with clients and stuff and said, like, listen, it doesn't matter what job you get. If you don't believe in yourself or with the strengths that you have, if you don't know who the heck you are, like you're going to still be miserable. So let's tackle that first. And then I can show you how to automate your business. Even when I'm talking to my students teaching, I'm like, you have to exude confidence. Even if you don't feel that you're confident in what you're doing, like people can sense that about you. You need to just own it and move forward, learn as you go and fake it till you make it sometimes if that's what you need to do. But you have to believe in yourself and put that out there. If you can show people the passion and you know it, it it's, it's all over your face and you can give that person a glim a glimmer of what you feel inside that person is going to be way more inclined to want to hear what you have to say or trust in you or invest in your business or whatever it is that you're trying to do but if you don't believe in you and you can't be exuding that confidence and that passion when you're talking to people, then people are going to see that. And, um, that also is a really hard 
hard thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So my question to you is, you know, do you think when we are experiencing certain things in our life or in our professional journey or just in our life that um, it provides some sort of value to where we eventually end up? Um, the basic answer I have is yes. I do feel like every single interaction that you have with people, everything that you do to better yourself or even say you're doing things that aren't that healthy for you, going through all of those abs and flows, like I may sound fantastic right now to you, but I mean, two days ago I was in my lowest low because I wasn't happy about something. Like even if we have businesses and we sound like we've got it all. Um, we still, I still struggle anyway. I won't talk for other people, but I still struggle with, am I good enough? Can I do this today? Really sucked. I don't know if I want to get up and do this tomorrow. And it's okay to have those very small windows of feeling, but you can't sit in that area too long. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your woe and then you have to get up and you have to pound that pavement and you have to keep pushing because, over that ridge may be the palm trees you've been looking for. And if you give up today, you'll never know what was there tomorrow or the next day or a week from today. So, you know, I don't want to pretend like, it, you know, I'm always confident and amazing and everything's great for me because it's not. But I choose to express those things because that's how I want to be perceived. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, like poor Katie over there. She's really sad today, you know. I want to inspire and motivate other people to show them that they can do this. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but every experience and networking opportunity and knows and um, sad things that have happened in my life have made me into the strong person that I am today. Mm -hmm. And those experiences have guided me into the choices that I make on a daily basis. Yeah. And I feel the same way. I'm very thankful for all of that. And I feel that I am in my mid thirties and I have been able to fully understand who I am because of those challenging experiences, even the challenging people that you're like, why don't they just get out of my life? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and even then all of those have just been, you know, necessary. And I feel like you have to rise up in those occasions where you just want to tell someone to get lost. Mm -hmm. But I also think for me, a really hard thing that I struggle with till this day is the people who are jealous or have ill will towards you because of your successes or your, your positive strides that you make. And the quicker you can identify those people, the better off that you'll be because you don't need to invest your time and energy in feeling that way. It is a very hard thing for me to accept all the time, but finding the people and you're going to find that your circle gets smaller and smaller. It does for me anyway. Um, finding those people and relying on those few people to, to be your confidants that you can really be your true self with and express what you're going through. Um, like is a make it or break it for me. If I didn't have those people in my life, you know, I probably would have given up a long time ago. So, you know, have value and value in the people that you surround yourself with. And 
I try to surround myself with people who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Final question. Um, if you went back in time and you talked to Katie at the very beginning of her entrepreneurship journey, what advice would you tell her? One thing. Don't give up. Mm. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You said one thing. I had to like really concentrate on keeping my mouth shut after that. But you let me sit in it. You let me sit in it for a little bit. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> that is it's true, girl. It's good to hear because um, I'm in a business pivot right now and it's scary. It is scary when you stop everything that was working or so somewhat working, you found like where you want to be and then um, realize it's not answering all that you're meant to, to do. And then making that change. And then people don't not understanding why, because they can't see the vision. I think that's the biggest thing that's difficult. Only you are going to actually know deep down um, what's best for you and what you need to do. People will see it eventually. Mm -hmm. But, um, Mm -hmm. if I listened to every single person who told me I was crazy and I was never going to make it and my books would just be another thing that I wasted my money on, then, you know, where would I be today? Um, so Mm -hmm. sometimes I don't want to say naysayers because I don't always think when people give you pushback, they're being a naysayer, but for the general term of a naysayer, if you have or encounter people who are not a hundred percent or are giving you um, like, if you were just like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then they trickled in and made you feel like, Oh, maybe I'm not making the right decision anymore. It's probably because they wanted to do something and they haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. or they're too scared to do it or they envy that you have, enough grit to go for it. And, you know, there is no risk and there's no comfort where you're going. Um, Mm -hmm. so I would say, you know, take what you need from it and leave the rest. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Tell the listeners where they can find everything. 12 pause author, Katie You can find my courses, and all my books and all my goodies there. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Katie, for being on the show and sharing your wisdom and your entrepreneurial journey. I know for sure it's going to help someone um, and help empower someone to know, like, it's going to be okay. Don't give up, right? Don't give up. <laughs> and if you need a pep talk, you know how to get a hold of me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.